Welcome, welcome in and bienvenido to another installment of The Writer's Block. Glad you all can tune in. Uh, first and foremost, let me say thank you to Low Tide Cava Bar and Jay Strange for the cava that I drink on this and every episode of this and my other show, The Muddied Waters of Freedom. It still tastes awful. It always tastes awful. I would like to welcome on my very, very favorite person in the entire planet. Uh, welcome to Zuri Davis for coming on the show. Zuri, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm always happy to have you. Um, it is so good to have you on. Um, you have been on two of the Muddy Waters of Freedom? Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. And, and once was in real life or in real life. I know once you were sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in right now. Yeah, I know. Um, and the doll behind you put his hands on me, and it was strange. Oh yeah. But yes. Yeah. That, that guy. Yes. That guy oh yeah. <laughs> That's Mason. Mason Jefferson. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's Mason. He Jeff. looks like Bernie Sanders, so it really does throw me off. <laughs> but he, but he's definitely not. You're like, just to clear it up. Just to clarify, he is not Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Um, yeah, uh, he's part of a project I've been working on forever. I've done one video with that guy, and that's been it, because it is real difficult to write children-friendly news reports. Honestly, though, I feel like puppets are making a comeback, and if you wanted to do, like, adult I don't know. <laughs> Adult news reports of the puppet. I think people would be down for that concept I think, somewhere. I hope so. Like, initially, okay, so initially when I made him, well, I didn't make him, when somebody else made him for me, mm-hmm. um, my thought was I was going to make children friendly news reports with no bias so kids could try to form their own opinions on things. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, there was going to be libertarian bias because it's me. But, yeah. you know, no bias. Uh, and um so i started doing that and then i was trying to figure out all the stuff that i learned how to do after mo and i started doing this podcast but then i was like well i have the podcast i don't really need to work on that and then i did one video with him about oregon and the gas pumping thing i did one i did one video about that and um i thought it was hilarious I'm going to need you to send that to me so I can judge it you for can myself actually, uh, and if then you, judge you. If you look up uh, MW Media, which is Muddied Waters Media on YouTube, he has his own playlist. It's one video long, but he is there. <laughs> I, I like that plug, by the way. Yeah, you were you like, like oh, and by the way, check us out on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> for this obscure video. 
Yeah, I uh, I'm definitely trying to push our YouTube because we have like 20 followers and we need a lot more. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna fix that Thank right you. now. Thank you. You're a fantastic. I'm gonna give you 21 unless I already am one of the 20 followers and that. In which case, count. you just unfollowed us. Yeah, just so you can get the notification. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Right. Let me just. Wow, I don't know how to do technological <laughs> things. It's very okay. Maybe if I just like click and subscribe. Wow. wow. Now you have an extra person Excellent. following you. I, I'm getting closer and closer to being able to say you can find us at youtube.com backslash mwmedia. But I have to wait until a hundred followers. Oh, yeah, they, that's an interesting rule. I know you have to have a hundred followers, and then you get to pick your specific URL, and then a thousand followers, you start getting monetized. So oh. I'm looking at it in increments. <laughs> get me to a hundred, so I can say youtubecom media and then on to the next one of please freaking follow us so I can start getting paid for this. I don't care if it's 20 cents a month. I just want something coming in. Yes. Can you pay my bills? Right. Can you pay my telephone bills? Yes. I, I'm not putting up a Patreon. I'm not begging you for money. Just hit subscribe <laughs> and occasionally watch 15 seconds of a video. <laughs> I don't even care if you watch the whole thing. Um, just 15 seconds. Just enough that it gets the view. That's all I care about. Um... So, uh, well, I asked you to come on this show like three weeks ago. And uh, actually, I, I asked you to come on this show before I did my first episode. I was just like, okay, I'm going to start like lining up guests now. Mm-hmm. And when I messaged you the other day about it, I was like, you're like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, oh, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, in that time, did you write that article that you told me about? Yes. yes. Okay. So you wrote an article for an unnamed source that is <laughs> <laughs> You wrote an article for an unnamed source that uh has to do with a man named Christopher Young. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I got all of this straight. Christopher mm-hmm. Young pointed a firearm at a woman, sexually assaulted her in front of her children, then left, went to a convenience store Stole her car. Stole her car. Mm-hmm. Went to a convenience store, held up the convenience store, ended up shooting the guy behind the counter, killing him. All of this in Texas, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know this story. Uh, El Paso, I believe. Uh, all of this in, te- in Texas. San Antonio. San Antonio. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. It's yeah. just a little tiny. Right, yeah. tiny details. Um, I, I think the I think the article I read was from like the El Paso Times, which is why okay. I, which is why I was thinking, okay, maybe it's El Paso, um, yeah. in San Antonio, and uh, he was put to death the other day, yesterday, yesterday, mm-hmm. like last night, two two days ago at the time of this airing. Oh yeah, I forgot right. about that. Yes, <laughs> um, but uh, so. And as I, to- like, as I told you, and I'll tell all the viewers now, I have not made up my mind on the death penalty. I don't think it's right for the state to kill people. 100% don't think that's right. At the same time, jury of the peers of citizens makes me kind of go, okay, maybe that's, 
okay, even though I don't like it. So that's where that's where I'm at on it is I don't like the state saying, OK, we're going to kill this person. But when you have the jury of the peers of the people there who say, no, this guy murdered this person while raping this person in front of their children at gunpoint and then stole their car, which the stealing of the car, I feel, is the least of those offenses. Um, For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, like. I understand why the jury went that way with it. I get mm-hmm. it. I 100% understand it. And it's not like the judge just went, oh, no, we're going to kill this guy. It was, I believe it was the jurors that said, this is what we recommend. Yes. So, um, not to cut you off. I'm no, no, I was, I, was, I was done. I, I had finished summarizing what I knew of the case, and I was ready for you. Okay. Uh, well... So there are some facts about this case that make it a little bit different. Oh, not different, but it makes it a little bit more notable than some other um, execution deaths that we've seen this year. So first of all, the most glaring <clears throat> detail in the story is that the uh, victim's family, primarily his son, who, interestingly enough, is one year older than uh chris young right. so and chris was young was 34 he was 34 okay. and this guy was 35 so the adult son of the victim fought hard for him to receive clemency so he joins um the calls for governor greg abbott texas governor greg abbott right. to either stay the execution or give him clemency so that he could just serve life in prison and the reason why he did that was because um, Chris Young uh, changed his life around. Um, he became a mentor to younger people. There's a video out there in an interview with him. And he basically said that growing up where he did, <clears throat> going to prison, it's kind of like a badge of honor. Um, and because of that, it gave him a lot of credit credibility to talk to younger people who were going through similar issues that he was. He was gangbanging at the time when he did all of this. He didn't have a dad. He had terrible influences in his life. And he used his situation to encourage other young people not to go down that path. Um, And on top of that, he's a father himself. He has teenage daughters. And it's because he was a dad that the victim's son said, I don't want them to grow up like I did, which is without a father. And he also drew a lot of comparisons to himself and Chris Young because Chris Young um, lost his dad when he was really young. Either he lost his dad or like his dad just wasn't in his life. Um, but it was that familial connection, that familiarity that caused the victim's son to be an advocate um, mm-hmm. against his execution. And on top of that, Um, There are also racial and religious components. Um, So for the religious side, I'll just start with that one. The a a juror was barred from being on the jury because of her involvement. Um, She was like heavily involved with like her Baptist church. And basically they said that because she was so religious, she'd be biased. Which is pretty stupid because, one, it's Texas. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel as though in Texas, that is not a prerequisite for somebody being like, "Uh, I don't think this is the right fit. Right. Yeah, I feel Uh, as though almost as though the religious people in Texas are like, let's do this. 
Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Let's, uh, let's pull so that it switch. makes me wonder if she was like the wrong type of. I don't know. Um, but also like <laughs> that wrong I kind of Baptist. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and, and she was black too. So not to be like that has a part in it, but people were kind of like, "Oh, hey, like, you know, <laughs> it's a little suspect that you'd be like." She can't serve because of her religion. So it actually led a lot of religious leaders to protest that aspect. To be like, hey, don't discriminate against us because you're Christians. Um, and I would tend to agree because, like, I understand the need to kind of make sure that people don't have biases going in. But at the end of the day, everyone has biases. And it's really hard to be like, one bias is wrong, but another bias is okay. And it kind of seems like you're leading to, you're just pushing Special, like certain kinds of biases just right. in your favor and that's not okay and and you know playing devil's advocate the prosecuting attorney that is actually his job yeah like that is what he's supposed to do he's supposed to go i For think sure. i think that person might side with, with with the plaintiff here so i'm gonna try to get that guy off the jury or that that woman off the jury yeah. whatever. and uh so i mean that is his job to do <clears throat> take these people so was she taken off because like during the jury jury session where they picked the jury i can't remember what that's jury called. selection thank you <laughs> i was like you know that part where they pick them um yeah. so is was she taken off during that point or was she taken off later by the judge so that is a good question <laughs> and i'm not even going to give an answer that i don't know so i will have to look that up okay. but i know that the move was significant enough uh to where religious leaders in the area were just like hey bro like not cool <laughs> like you can't just be like you can't sit on this because you're a christian uh so uh but then for the racial component as well um, a lot of people drew comparisons between this execution and another execution case, um, also in the state of Texas. It was a white guy this time, um, and his name is currently escaping me. Let me pull it out. <laughs> uh, who? Oh, Thomas Whitaker. So basically, this guy killed his mom, he killed his brother, and he tried to kill his dad, um, and I saw that, like, he did it to get inheritance money, pretty much. Right. Um, but his dad ended up surviving the attack, and he ended up on death row. Basically, his dad advocated um, for, like, clemency for him as well. He didn't want to see his son executed by the state. Um, so earlier in this year, the Texas governor basically accepted, like, the clemency plea or whatever it's called. Um, so that got him off of death row. So the lawyers in the area were asking, okay, if these cases are very similar, where it's the vic- like the people who were wronged, who were severely wronged by this person, that they're asking for mercy, why is it that this privileged white guy, like you're going to listen to his bargain, but you're going to deny clemency for like this poor black guy, uh, <laughs> pretty much. So basically, like they ruled, like there there was no racial bias, but it was an instance of they're looking at themselves. So of course you're going to look at, like if you investigate yourself, you're not really going to find problems. <laughs> now, so still playing the devil's advocate here. Um, do you think any of that has to do with the fact that even though he went out and he said that he felt bad about the murder of the convenience store owner 
and that he wished that that had never happened. The fact that he never admitted to the rape and refused to take... Uh, I don't... He refused to take any... Uh, he, he, he just continued to say he didn't do it. And yeah. I know that upset the victims, that victim. I know yeah. that upset that victim that he never even tried to apologize for what he did there. So yeah. I'm wondering if that had something like is he really feeling bad about his sins or his crimes, not his sins, but is he really feeling bad about his crimes or is he just feeling bad about that one? That's a good question. Um, first of all, like I can't speculate because I'm not him. Um, and uh, now uh, we can obviously ask him. for sure. N- nor, and, nor are you governor Abbott where you, you can say, Oh yeah, that's exactly why. For sure. Yeah. But, you're like, yeah, I'm racist. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you can't say that. Um, you can, and at the end of the day, um, I, I'd hate to sound like, uh, like a race baiter on this. Um, like, I'm not just going to be like, oh, everything's a racial issue right. and that's it. Cause I don't think that's true, but I think that the state of Texas specifically has a huge race problem, especially when it comes to their criminal justice system and especially when it comes to death row, um, it disproportionately <laughs> affects poor black people. And I think that certain biases come out when you deal in certain situations. So it's kind of like uh, police stops, for example, or, or maybe not that. So it's kind of like community policing versus like the, I don't know what the term for it is, but when you send officers from a different city mm-hmm. into like the hood or something. Right. So if you're of that community, then you understand like those cultural nuances that people have and that maybe if they're saying or acting a certain way, they're not doing it to be like rowdy. They're just doing it because that's how they are. Whereas if you're coming from a different city, you've never been involved in that culture before and you're on the outside looking in you approach certain situations with more hostility because you think that people are trying to hurt you. Uh, but really, like, you know, maybe that people just, like, talk with their hands or they get very excited when they start to speak or something like that, you know? So I think it's a lot of biases <laughs> like that that come out in the criminal justice system where there are cultural things, there, there are some cultural differences between different kinds of people, and sometimes there are differences that run on race lines. And sometimes I think that people tend to be more lenient towards the things that they understand and they tend to be a little bit harsher for the things that they haven't really had their eyes open. Again, that's all speculation, but that's just how I see it personally. I mean, and, and it's understandable because everybody, like, guaranteed almost anybody that watches this show uh, understands that the criminal justice, uh, the criminal justice system is completely biased in who it arrests and who it keeps in prison. Like, yes. You know, the war on drugs primarily affects uh, low-income black people. Yeah. Or, well, Despite... low-income minorities in general. I, I'm not, yeah. I think black people are, and Hispanics are, like, close, yeah. but I think black people are still above. Um, but we know that criminal justice, the criminal justice system affects uh, low-income black people and low-income low uh, Hispanics and minorities in general worse than it does people that look like me. Uh, despite similar, despite um, similar like, right. usage and habits. <laughs> right. I mean, I did, go, I, I, I did get arrested once 
for possession of something, and and uh, I I didn't spend any jail time. Um, so, but in Nashville? No, that was in Virginia. Oh God, I was about to be like, bro, <laughs> like okay. No, that that was in Virginia. That was that was long before I went to Nashville, and. Yeah. Uh, did I spend jail time for that one? I, sp- I spent a lot of time in jail. I don't think I spent any for that one. Um, had to think about it. No, I didn't spend any. I, I just had like two years of probation for that one. Um, but uh But I, and I understand that had I been a minority, things may have gone a little bit differently uh, or a lot differently. I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, you know, like I, I still got like I still got arrested. I still spent the two years on probation. I still had the whatever the insane amount of community service, or as I like to call it, slave labor, that I had to do. And um, you know, it it wasn't an easy time getting out of it because they they don't want you to get out of it. Yes. Because if you get out of it, that means that they don't get their money every month, and you don't keep yeah. coming back and all that. Um, but I got out of it, and after that, I was like, okay, I'm never going to get caught with this stuff again. It didn't mean I stopped doing it. It just meant, I that, I, <laughs> it just meant that I got a lot better at not getting caught. Uh, <laughs> I started driving the speed limit. Weird. It worked. Um, My mom used to say that, like, drug dealers are the only people who drive the speed limit. <laughs> In Virginia, it is. In Virginia, we said you've got the fast lane, the middle lane, and the driving on suspended. Wow, is that what they say in Virginia, or is that what you heard because you got arrested? No, uh, actually, I heard a stand-up comedian in Virginia say that, (laughs) and I was driving everywhere on a suspended license at the time, and I always drove in that lane, so I thought that was real funny. That was during that probation period. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe wait to post this a little bit until, like, and I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I don't even know. <laughs> I have my license back in good standing for a very long time now. I'm golden. Okay. I'm pretty certain that I can't get in trouble for anything I say here. First of all, Virginia is, like, notoriously awful when it comes to, like, driving stuff. So the statute of limitations on that might be, like, a hundred years. Who knows? (laughs) That's that's actually very accurate. Virginia is the worst place. Maybe not the worst place, but it's one of the worst places to get a speeding ticket. Because, like, not like I know this from personal experience or anything. um, But I do. But basically, um, like, they have a lower threshold for what counts as, like, felony drive, whatever it's called. Oh, uh, um, yeah, uh, reckless, felonious, yeah, reckless driving? Yep. Yeah. But it's, like... I got, I got written most- down from that quite a few times. I was going to say, so I was about five miles per hour. Like, had I been doing five extra miles per hour, I would have qualified for it. But on top of that, pretty sure the guy felt bad for me because he didn't even give me a real speeding ticket. He was just like, hey, I'll just make it seem like you were sleeping on the side of the road. And I was like, that's awesome because I'm poor and my insurance is expensive enough already. So I appreciate that. So there was one night I was um, – so my buddy worked at a bar in a suburb of D.C. And I would go there all the time. And I lived 3.1 miles away. I know that for 100% fact. It's 3.1 miles. 
<laughs> it was 3.2 if I stopped by Taco Bell. So on this, <laughs> on, this partic- yeah. on this particular night, uh, I believe it was a Friday. Uh, on this particular Friday night, I was driving home and I went to Taco Bell, as I did often, enough that they knew my voice. And, and your order? Uh, well, my order changed. It, that, they could never guess that one. Okay. But that's when you know you have a, a, a problem. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I had a Taco Bell problem. I'm willing to admit that. Um, <laughs> yes. I also had many other problems at the time. Taco Bell, the least of those concerns. <laughs> um, but so I swung by Taco Bell and then I was going home on 28 and then I took a right on the Centerville drive. If you're from that area, you know exactly where I'm talking about. And as soon as I crossed the train tracks, uh, lights went on behind me and I was like, that's weird. I was going 40 miles an hour in a 35. I figured I'd be good. And right. And the cop pulls me over and he goes, you were speeding. And I was like, what's the speed limit here? I thought it was 35. And he goes, Nope. The moment you cross those train tracks, it's 25. Okay, speed trap. Yeah. <laughs> and I like I turned like I literally turned and I looked and I saw a sign that was there that I just had never seen before. And I'm like, huh. Okay. And he was like, uh, you been drinking tonight? And I said, Yep. <laughs> Did he even try to like deny it or and anything? He, and he said, Are you over the limit? And I said, Man, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's gonna be real close. It's gonna be real, real close. And he goes, and he just laughed. And he said, he's like, nobody has ever given me that answer. Not once. And I was like, oh, well, it's going to be real close. And he goes, can you get a ride? And I said, yes, 100%. I can get a ride. (laughs) I will figure out somebody who's awake right now. And so I (laughs) I ended up calling the bar I had just left and had one of the bartenders come pick me up. And... And so I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the car, and uh, the cop was like, you know, he was like, uh, "Do you want to get out?" And I said, "Well, I don't want you to arrest me for drunk in public." He goes, "I'm not giving you a DUI right now. I'm not going to get you for drunk in public." Like, that'd be douchey. That'd be so douchey. <laughs> that'd be, yeah. That'll also kind of tell you where I was on that scale, and, and he. Uh, so we're sitting there, and he goes, "Well, let's." Uh, do you want to take a, you want to hit the breathalyzer? I was like, yeah, let's find out where I'm at. Uh, no. <laughs> he I, wasn't arresting me already. Like, I was like. I wouldn't trust it, but that's just me. Right. No, I mean, I, I get that. But also at the same time, he had a real convincing argument on, I'm not arresting you now. Trust me. You got your ride coming. And um, so he gave me, he gave me the breathalyzer and I blew a .09. And he was like, yeah, you were right. You were close. But I would have had to arrest you. <laughs> and I started laughing. He goes, it's a good thing. You made me laugh. And I was like, well, thank God for that. <laughs> and then my friend came, picked me up, drove me back to the bar where I continued drinking. Because <laughs> okay. I wasn't because I wasn't driving. So whatever. Doesn't matter now. And, <laughs> and then I got a ride home from my roommate that was working at the was working at that bar. So yeah, uh, Virginia is has very strict driving laws, but some of their cops are real nice. And if you make them laugh, they will let you <laughs> off. Make them laugh. <laughs> Moral of that story. Moral of that story: get a good sense of humor. Do what they like. 
I'm not saying follow all, you know, like I get it, but you know, within reason, just kind of like go along with the process, but try to make them laugh. And normally I'll just go, whatever. If you look like me, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how it works for you. Um. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I, I feel like just following the rules would be, honestly, I don't know. It was, like, kind of funny. Like, uh, first of all, he, like, scared the crap out of me because he was like, oh, just let you know I have a body camera on. And, like, one, I'm thankful that he had a body camera. But then part of me was just like, I hope this is not a situation in which you need it. Like, okay, like, just don't hurt me. <laughs> so, uh, so, but I, like, my hands are shaking, and it was, like, really funny, because I feel like I talk, like, real big of, like, oh, yeah, like, stand up for yourself, authority, and then, like, in the face of authority, I'm just, like, like, I'm the type of person who, if you call me to the principal's office now, like, I will still be afraid that I'm in trouble, and I'm 22 years old. I'm definitely, don't go to, like, primary school anymore. Right. <laughs> I, I like how you called it primary school. That's what it is. I, we called. Did you? Is that what you called it here in Florida? No, I mean, I just like wanted to encompass like all of it. You okay. know, like, I mean, it, we're including Europe. Life, that's fine. <laughs> we're, I don't know. We're including all the continents here. I mean, cool. <laughs> I was like, I called it elementary, middle, or high. I don't know which one you're referring to. But, primary yeah just like it was a general it was a sweeping <laughs> overview of the time in my life of, when of, I had all, of all 12 had years to worry about. right yeah i got called into the principal's office once mm-hmm. twice, twice. Mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. once for skipping school uh once for skipping school and i got caught and uh once for smoking on school grounds when he called me in for smoking on school grounds, he was sitting there and like I'd already gone through basic training at this point in my life. Oh, okay. I so, forgot about that yeah. part of your like you've no. just been everywhere. I know, I've done I've done a lot of really stupid things. And <laughs> so I'd already been through basic training and I was eighteen years old and my Spanish teacher from the year before caught me smoking and was like, You're going to the principal's office later and I was like, Alright. Whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay, can I finish my cigarette? Was, Unless you were smoking something other than cigarettes. No, I, I was still, like, the, I was in the Army at the time. I got pee tested once a month. I wasn't smoking anything else. Okay. And um, so I went into the principal's office, and he was like, he was like, yeah, we have a no-smoking policy on school. And I was like, oh, but I'm 18. He goes, that doesn't matter. Uh, we have a no-smoking policy. And he's like, you're going to be sent home for uh, three days. And I said, oh, so there, that's just a blanket no smoking policy? He goes, yeah. And I said, and I said what about for teachers? Ooh. And he looked at me. And he was like, what? And I said, well, do teachers have to follow the blanket no smoking policy? And he was like, well, yeah. And I said, okay, well, here's a list of teachers that need to be suspended for three days. And if you don't suspend them, but suspend wow. me we're going to have a problem. <laughs> and he was like, he looked at the list and he was just like, how do you know everybody here who smokes? And I said, cause I bum cigarettes off of all of them. And he went, just go back to class. And I went, okay. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that was the, that was the same principal that tried to expel me. I didn't actually get called in for this. I found out about it. He tried to expel me for having drug paraphernalia in my car. Did you? Yes and no. Yes and no? Yes and no. At the same time? Yes. It was the Schrodinger's cat of drug paraphernalia. Um, so <laughs> it was both drug paraphernalia and it wasn't. Um, so my parking space had an empty space next to it. And on this one particular day, somebody from the local journal showed up and parked in the spot next to my car. And he was there to do a, a story on drug use in high schools. And he gets out of his car and he <laughs> happens to look into my window and he sees a syringe sitting there nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. Right. As, as is the case in all, most people's it, car. That's the way I see it anyway. And, <laughs> but my best friend was a diabetic and I would pick him up every morning and right before we would walk in, he would shoot insulin into himself and then he would just leave the syringe in my car and take it back when he went back home. We had been doing this all year long without a problem. <laughs> so I bet that journalist was so excited. He was like, Oh yes, yeah. He was like, Oh, heroin. jackpot. I found a heroin user at this yeah. school. No, you found some guy that needed insulin. And, but yeah, so they called my, they called my mom before they called, like, I never even got called into the office, mm-hmm. but, uh, they called my mom and my mom was like, are you guys dumb? You know who his best friend is, right? And they're like, well, yeah, his best friend's Dave. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And Dave has diabetes. He's right. <laughs> and they, and they were like, right. And they were like, well, he still can't have it in his car. My mom said, if you, sus- if you expel him over this, we will sue you. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Mom. You yeah. stood up. You, you knew that that wasn't my heroin. <laughs> it's nice when your parents don't doubt you like that. <laughs> <laughs> Without me even finding out about it, I was like, all right, Mom. <laughs> there was no questioning of me. It was great. It was the only time that I was in trouble that I didn't get in trouble. It was fantastic. I loved it. Um, I feel bad. You just messed up that journalist whole day. I, it's funny because that story sounds like the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> like, just like, uh, do you just know how, like, every Halloween, people are like, oh, like, don't eat the Skittles because they have drugs in them. Just like, let me tell you, no one's giving out thousands yeah. of dollars of drugs to no, unappreciative little kids. Nobody's giving like, away free drugs to anybody. Yeah, like, little kids can't pay for drugs, and that's a lot of money, so, like, you don't have to worry about, like, and that's just how I feel anytime someone's, like, teen drug use, which is going down, by the way, like, significantly, it It has been going down. Teen drug drug use is, like, it's reducing in numbers quickly, and every year when you see those stupid Halloween memes, and it's like, oh, check your children's candy, because they may have a pop brownie. Do you know how much a pot brownie costs? <laughs> and like how much time and effort goes into creating a pot brownie? Right. Like, yeah, no. N- nobody's I... giving that away. Yeah. Not even like... accidentally. They're keeping that <laughs> one like, don't give those out. Give these out. <laughs> 100% these over here, those are for us. These over yeah. here, nah, whatever. 
if we may need to keep a couple for after these. <laughs> Actually, keep a, just turn out the lights. Pretend we're not home. <laughs> and <laughs> pretty much right. So we got way off topic on the death penalty. <laughs> So we were actually talking about racial inequality we, yeah, in we the were justice ta- system. We were talking about that and how lucky I am, probably because of the privilege. That I can't even say that with a straight fist. But, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, how lucky I've been in all of my endeavors. Uh, but yeah, uh, the 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 criminal justice system obviously is biased. And we know that. Uh, especially in a state like Texas. <laughs> especially, yes. Especially in a state like Texas. And, but the way I see it is, yeah, the governor could have commuted the sentence. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know the reasons why he didn't, because I found out about this story two hours ago, and I researched it as much as I could in two hours. And, and while doing other things. Um, which I told you about earlier, you know. And, okay. <laughs> and, um, I already forgot. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. It's better if we don't say it on the air. Okay. Um, <laughs> that sounds really deeply personal. And just, well, my mind's just always in the gutter. So no, already I've been taken to like a completely different like place. That's um, you to you, Matt. <laughs> but, um, so, so yeah, I don't know why the governor didn't commute this sentence and did commute the white guy's sentence. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the white guy's name. Um, the The only thing I could, the only thing I can think of is the fact that he never showed any remorse for the raping in front of the children at gunpoint. Is like the mm-hmm. only thing where they're like, okay, he's not showing any remorse for this crime. Arguably, a worse crime than killing the guy. Arguably, I'm not going to say it is a worse crime, but some people could say you've traumatized this woman for life and her children for life, where that guy, you just took him out of his life. So it's tough to say which one is a worse crime. Both both are abhorrent and both are awful. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that he never showed remorse for this crime, I think maybe has something to do with why it wasn't commuted. But I'm not going to be able to say that for certain because, again, I'm not the governor of Texas and I can't say. For sure. And same. And I, again, we can't ask him because it's too late, but I would be interested in, like, kind of learning why that's the case that, like, he didn't talk about. But the other one, like, he did. Right. And from what everything that I've read, that from the time he was 21, he admitted that he killed that guy. Mm-hmm. And then as he went on, he started showing remorse and he worked it out with the family and the family was fighting for him. And I believe that you wrote uh, in one of his last statements, and I'm going to have to paraphrase this because I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I have it pulled up. I I think it was something along the lines like, I love you like you're my own family. In a way. (laughs) Okay, yeah. That's why I was like, I'm going to have to paraphrase it. Uh, So he basically said, I want to make sure that the Patel family knows that I love them like they love me. Okay. Close enough. <laughs> right. Got it. Um, and I think... I just don't want to correct you on air like a jerk. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you correct me on air. 
on on the other show, I have Muhammad as a co-host, and he corrects me all the time, <laughs> so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the only reason. So again, going back to the original topic of you know death penalty, good or bad. Yeah, you know, like yes, I don't think the state should be going. Okay, yeah, no, that guy needs to die. That guy needs to die. That guy needs to die. I don't think that should be a thing. Having the jury, you know, the jury of peers, you know, twelve people, they're supposed to be impartial. And I understand that you don't really get that, but you know, it's kind of the best system we have. They're the ones making that decision and giving the recommendation, which the judge can override the recommendation, but I don't think he can enhance the recommendation. And that may be a state-dependent thing. Uh, I feel like that's something I'd want to look into more, just because, um, like you said, like state dependencies and stuff, and I feel like it would be different state by state. Right. Uh, because I do feel like, uh, not to say like the death penalty specifically, but like there are cases of like judges going against like the jury's decision and then like doing like weird rulings that people don't like. Right. Um, uh, like the Brock case. I was, that's exactly what I said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they but in that one too, he lessened it. Not he didn't make it more strict, he cut it back. Yeah. So that's what I'm wondering is if he can't go <clears throat> above what the jury recommended. Yeah. Um well, uh, on that note, I definitely take the view of it does more harm than good. Um and so I pulled up here and, like, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of conservatives concerned about the death penalty. It's a very good group. Yeah. We were supposed note, to have the head of that on Muddied Waters of Freedom soon. That would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm very, I'm very excited about that episode because, like, yeah. this is one of the issues that I don't actually have a position on. I see both sides. Yeah. So but, I want to yeah. hear both sides of this argument. Well, so I, the reason why I like this group so much is because, one, um, they're conservative. <laughs> so if you talk, or like, I like when conservative groups and, like, Christian groups are for things that are stereotypically, like, progressive, I guess. Because it goes to show that it's not actually a progressive idea. This is, like, a bipartisan issue, and people fall on either side depending on whatever um, so the reason why conservatives <laughs> uh, should be concerned about the death penalty, um, if nothing else, if, like, the racial argument doesn't sway you love, you know, sometimes poor minorities are disproportionately affected by things like this. Right. Um, on their website, they actually list, um, like, the comparisons between the death penalty and life imprisonment. Um, and it's actually much more expensive to kill someone uh, than to and then, put them then in a to cell have for them, the rest of their lives. Right. And cities have literally gone bankrupt trying to kill one person. Like, it's crazy. Um, and on top of that, people think that it's a very quick process, and it's not. Um, there are so a I lot know, of appeals. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I know that for Chris Young, he, he, he committed the crimes when he was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Like and, 14 years ago. Yeah, like 14. Yeah, I was going to say. And he's 34 yeah. now, but it was like 14 years ago is when it happened. Um, and now there's been time for him to atone 
for lack of a better word, uh, there's time for, like, the victims to change their minds on things. Like, you can't just be like, oh, it's going to solve the problem immediately. 14 years have gone by, and now people's feelings have changed. And I think that if your feelings can change like that, it kind of inherently shows an issue with making such a final decision of taking someone's life. Right. And I do, and I understand that completely. I... And I, I, okay, so I think that I look at this from the angle that I look at it, uh, because I am a, um, I'm a grudge holder. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll hold that, I'll hold on to it for a really long time. I know that's unhealthy and all that. If you are watching this, don't tweet me and tell me how bad that is. Um, don't date Matt uh, because. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'll, just kidding. Also, I never forget. Just, <laughs> I may forgive you, but I will always. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like never forget anything. It's awful. And, uh, except for appointments, I'll forget those. But, uh, if you do, if you do something wrong to me, it's, it's there for life. Um, but so I think that as a, as a grudge holder, I almost said drug holder and I was like, Whoa, no, (laughs) no, no. I, I already run two podcasts where I talk about, you know, not liking the government. Let's not say that out loud. I know. Um, but, uh, as a grudge holder, like, I don't know if, like, if you murdered my family, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see me getting over that and being like, no, nah, I'm okay with that guy now. I don't see that in me. So I understand the desire from some people. Uh, there was a case in Florida, um, back in 2014 where, uh, a guy murdered this girl and he was on death row and then Pam Bondi that lovely little dwarf um she's good. <laughs> oh, she's special. She is. She's so she's so tiny and special. Um but Pam Bondi commuted the sentence for a week so she could go to a fundraising event. And the people in the family was from Ohio. <laughs> yeah, like that eye roll. Good reason. I know it's not a good reason, <laughs> but the people in Ohio, the family was from Ohio. Uh, the victim's family was from Ohio, and they were understandably upset <laughs> by this decision. And like, I was kind of on the side of the family on this one, and I was like, "Well, yeah, of course I'd be mad if she did that." Like this, mm-hmm. I could see how some people would see it as closure. For everything else and I think I'm kind of on the side of let the family decide yeah let the family decide like you know let the family decide the punishment but at the same time I could also see how that would go very 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 poorly yes so (laughs) I understand so people's arguments against uh, like listening to family specifically (laughs) is um, there's a safety argument to the family. So let's say the person on death row, they're, like, in a gang. But they're, like, pretty high up in the gang. And then, like, henchmen show up to their house, and they're just like, you're going to tell the judge that you don't want to kill this person. That's going to be bad. There's that. Um, And then there's also the idea of maybe a family goes a little bit too far to where, like, whatever they choose really is a violation of that person's Eighth Amendment right. And, like, how do you rectify that? I think as it stands now, if you're going to have to have the death penalty, um, I think that 
if it's going to be on the table, you shouldn't be able to do, like, any worse than that. If there's, like, a worse than that, you shouldn't be able to go any worse than that. And if a jury decides that, then that's the decision. But I think that specifically there should be a clause that if the family has asked for leniency of some sort, it should at least be considered. Um, and in this case, it was completely ignored. It wasn't even considered. Like, nobody really brought it up. Uh, no one was like, hey, uh, besides, like, the defense lawyers, of course. But right. it basically went unacknowledged. And I find it hard to say that that was closure for that family when they're literally telling you that this is going to destroy, like, m- what my dad stood for and we don't want to hurt another family like we were hurt. Right. Like, I find it hard to believe that that's closure for that family. Right, and and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's family, familial dependent, you know, like, because there's going to be people like me who are mm-hmm. like, oh, no, you, you kicked my puppy. You deserve <laughs> 47 lashings um, with a cane. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's very specific. Um, but, uh, like... You know, like, I understand that there's going to be people like me and then there's going to be people on the opposite side who are like, no, we're all about forgiveness. And so that's why, that's why I can see why that definitely wouldn't work. But at the same, at the same time, uh, I mean, I just, a lot of libertarians specifically say that the death penalty, they don't agree with the death penalty because the state should not be able to execute somebody. Which is true. Which is true. 100% true. But I don't see the death penalty in regards to having a jury trial as the state executing somebody. I see that as members of the community executing somebody as opposed to the state. Well, they're member. First of all, they're members of the community who are forced to be there by the government. So it's not even like a voluntary process. That's fair. It's not like it's the family. Uh, I mean, thank God it's not. I mean, because. Come on, like, the family being a part of the, like, actual case, I think that would be all, like, that would lead to all sorts of issues in, like, all cases. <laughs> that just sounds like a bad idea. Um, but I, it's hard, it's hard for me to see that, that it's really his peers. Um, because who are your peers? Like, just because I live in Nashville, for example, like, I don't know the people down the street. Right. And I don't. Like, we don't hang out. Like, those aren't my peers. We just happen to live in the same geographical area. But their ideas are probably not going to be my ideas. And I feel like it's a very open-ended thing. But at the end of the day, I think that when, when you talk about you shouldn't, or when libertarians talk about you shouldn't allow the state to kill people. Um, yes, that's true. <laughs> and on top of that, we have to recognize that the state is very imperfect. And we always talk about how corrupt the government is or how inadequate <laughs> they are and how wasteful things are. Why would we assume that that doesn't translate to the criminal justice system? Um, there's actually a book that I have here next to me <laughs> that I pulled out just for this. Just for, um, just for today. Just for today. Uh, so this is a really good book. I'm definitely plugging it. It's not my book. I will make no money off of this, but it, if you can see it, Tur- it's called uh, Grace and Justice to... on the right. Boom. A little bit, a little oh, bit, fu- a li- no, a little bit further. No other way. Yeah, like, that, there you go. Uh, okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> a 
anyway, that was like a hold of it. I apologize. I could just like take a picture and send it to you. Honestly, whatever. That's fair. And, anyway, and so I can I can link to it in the uh, show <laughs> notes right. as well. It's it's for sure on like Barnes and Noble and stuff. So right. Um, but the guy who wrote it, he is a lawyer who I had the pleasure of meeting a few years ago. Um, and he's really cool. He's Catholic, and because of his Catholic faith, it leads him to do like public cases every once in a while. So like he volunteers his time doing like public defending just because like public defenders like it's a terrible situation to be in uh if you're trying to find like justice for yourself you know you didn't commit a crime like you don't want a public defender you're probably gonna spend your time in prison um but basically the case that he got himself involved in was of another like poor black man in texas and he was accused of shooting a police officer and um like a bank teller in a rob uh in a robbery but the problem was there's no evidence backing up the claim that he was the one who did it on top of that their witness statements that say that someone else committed the crime and like committed the robbery and shot these people there are also other witness statements that put him at a completely different part of town Um, at the time that all that stuff was going down. And the only reason why they pushed so hard to kill this man, who they couldn't prove did anything, and who they essentially knew, like, there was no possible way for him to do it, it's because they were in an election cycle. uh, And they had to look good for their constituents. And it's like, okay, that's fine, but that shouldn't come at the price (laughs) of, like, a human life. And on top of that, Like, what kind of justice system do we have where you can murder someone without DNA evidence? Because, like, like, if you are going to do it, you should at least be able to prove without a doubt that that's the person who did it. Well, I mean, there's one really famous case where there was DNA evidence and the guy didn't get convicted. I feel like I I should know. OJ. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that okay, was yeah. and that was like the first that was like the first major case that had DNA evidence in it, where they were like, well, and they were like, look at all this DNA evidence, and they're like, well, Mark Furman planted that DNA evidence, and it's like, whoa. Well, that's why, and that just kind of shows like another problem with the criminal justice system because had the police department been honest about some of the biases that they had and had they not had tapes of them using, I don't know, the N word. That that word that I won't ever say. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I know. I know which one you're talking about. About, Hey, sometimes we are like jerks to black people, but like not in this instance, like then they would have been more credible. Um, And like, it wouldn't have had to go that way. I feel. Um, But yeah. Yeah. But also, on that note, check out the Innocence Project. Just all the plugs. Oh, the, the, check it, out the yeah, Innocence no. Project. The Innocence yes. Project is actually, I've, I've been on their website a lot. Because, again, like I said, I have not made up my mind on this. And I yeah. have been researching it for a long time. And I see arguments on both sides that I understand and I agree with. So it's like I cannot pick a side on this one. It's, it's, been, it's been actually really difficult. So when you asked me if I wanted to talk about this today, I was like, yeah. yes, please, God. Because 
anything that like points me closer to a side, I kind of want to be like I want to have that discussion. Well, so I would like to talk about that for a bit. Um, so, like anyone who knows me personally knows that I is a huge, huge like conservative Republican. Right. Um, and like none of none of my political views were because I had actually researched them. It's just because I knew in my heart everything like Republicans believe, mainstream Republicans, like that was a hundred percent correct. And like there was no question about it. The liberals were just like evil people who hated America. <laughs> Pretty much. So, so that sounds exactly like my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> um so I like distinctly remember um when I was in high school, and this is when I started to become more libertarian because some of those ideas had been broken down and people started showing me the evidence for certain um, ideas. I remember that there was a case that my friend had texted me about and she was like, hey, you need to like sign this petition or whatever because um, like, the state's about to execute this guy, but the defense lawyer has asked for a stay of execution so they could have time to, like, process DNA, uh, like a DNA test. And I remember not knowing much about the death penalty, but just supporting it generally because the people around me did. And I didn't know up until that point that you could, like, like I couldn't understand why a judge wouldn't, stay in execution so they could prove like without a doubt that right. like he was there and committed a crime and that was strange to me and I couldn't understand why like a, any judge would ever say no we're not going to do that we're just going to have to kill you and it's because they went through with that execution that's when I started to look more and more into other stories about executions and maybe some of the ways that they justice could have been carried out better or much more consistently and over time i think learning about the potentially innocent people who have died really bothered me and i'm definitely one of those people who thinks that it's better to uh, i forget how the saying goes but it's, it's something better like, to oh, save it's better one to like, it's better to save one life than it is uh yeah yeah I, I, I know, like, whatever yeah i i know what you i i have made fun of that so many times yeah but I really do believe that. I've never made fun of it in, in concerns to the death penalty. I've made it. Yeah. I've made fun of it when people are trying to ban things and they're like, oh, well, yeah, no. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, this could kill somebody, so it's better yeah. we just save that person. And I'm like, that's you like need to ban a whole bunch of things yeah. then. You better, yeah. start, you better start getting on the banning, just banning train. And I, like, sure. and I went through, I was like, you got to ban cars, you got to ban highways, you got to ban uh, cigarettes, peanuts. peanuts. Yeah, you got to yeah. ban <laughs> peanuts, you got to ban uh, roller coasters. And then I was like, you got to ban pregnancy. Kills people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that, like, I'm not even taking an abortion stance on that one. Yeah. People die during pregnancy. Yeah. It happens. So if you were like, oh, you got to ban something because it can save one life. It's like, well, really? Let's go. That's true. Right. But at the end of the day, I think, first of all, um, like, it's some crazy statistic. Okay, let me not even throw out statistics. I'm not, like, 100% sure of. But basically, like, the amount of people who, like, are executed versus the amount of, like, homicides that exist, like, it's a very, 
Like, they're two very different numbers. So it's not even like you can argue, like, oh, this is deterring homicides and we're getting justice for victims because it's, like, only a very small percentage of, like, homicide cases. Like, and in an execution, and on top of that, like, such a small percent ends in, like, a conviction. Like, they're cold cases for a reason, and there are so many of them. (laughs) So, like, you can't even be like, oh, this is a really effective tool at doing whatever. It's like, no, it just kind of looks like it's a thing for show that politicians can be like, see how tough I am on crime? I kill people. Right. See how tough I am? I can murder people. But that really, honestly, (laughs) if you watch, like, some of these campaigns... Like, especially in places where people are very, like, oh, yeah, let's just string them up and, like, do whatever. Like, those really are the campaign promises that get voters uh, <laughs> voting booths. And yeah. it's crazy. That, I mean, yes, 100% true. That, that, that gets people at, like, so uh, you didn't hear this song because uh, this is pre-recorded. But one of the songs that is going to be playing during the intro tomorrow uh, when this comes out, uh, is from this band, the narcissists cook, the narcissists cookbook. Uh, okay. and, uh, he's from England, I think. And he, I messaged him on Facebook and I was like, dude, can I use your music? And he goes, yeah. I was like, great. Mm-hmm. Thanks man. Um, I mean, I complimented it a lot. I was like, man, I really love your music. I've been listening to this <laughs> album on repeat, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, Oh, thanks man. And I was like, yeah, can I use it in my podcast? He went, yeah. Um, but he has this, he, he's got this one song and uh, it's called David. And in it, mm-hmm. he's like, the reason that the, uh, that Daily Mail Online is the number one read English news source is because they have figured out a way to tap into your dopamine and uh, other endorphins in your brain by causing fear. Mm. Right. And politicians do the exact same thing. And the reason that it works is because fear uh, simulates the exact same feeling you have from being really happy. Mm. So like crappy horror movies, people enjoy those because at the end it makes you feel good. Like you may be scared during the movie, but at the end you still enjoy the feeling. Um, um, But Man, I don't know why it keeps telling me that your speaker is muted when you're obviously not muted. Um, I feel <laughs> I feel a, a little attacked by that, actually. <laughs> my my computer apparently is just like, no, don't I don't want to hear her anymore. But it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but uh, so. So that's why, you know, that's why horror movies are so successful is because people like to go. They like to feel the fear that they get, you know, induced inside of them. And then, you know, it actually gives you somewhat of a high. Uh, the Daily Mail online, as well as CNN and Fox News and MSNBC, do mm-hmm. the exact same thing. They try to instill a fear inside of us uh, from watching. Like CNN constantly, you know, uh, Trump Trump is bad. Trump is committing uh the 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 camps down at the border are much like the concentration camps uh you know they try to instill these visions of fear where fox news uh they go after people that look like muhammad a lot and yeah <laughs> and you know they're like oh no he he was a dangerous muslim or when uh barack obama and michelle were doing the fist pounding thing and they called it like a terrorist bump or whatever the crap they called that 
and they do yeah. those <laughs> and they do those things in order to instill fear in in the viewers because it makes them come back because it may, it it gives them a high politicians do the exact same thing when you know they're out there on the campaign trail donald trump did it fantastically because you know like xenophobia was one of his main one of his main things and he was talking about uh the murderers and the rapists that were coming across the border and i don't remember the girl's name in san francisco who was killed i i know who you're talking about right. but i totally i can't remember her name it's like kate something something yeah but he, uh, you're, you're fine. I, I didn't know it either. I didn't know I was going to go down this rabbit hole that I'm going down. Um, but now we're already here. <laughs> right. But we're here and that's what's going to happen. But um, so they they instill this fear. Yeah. In order to scare you, but also because they know that you're going to get a rush of, in, uh, of dopamine and endorphins that are going to simulate being high or being happy. So you'll constantly come back and you'll want more. So, yeah, politicians will go out and they'll say things like, yeah, I, you know, I support the death penalty. I'm strong on the death penalty. I'm strong on defense. I'm strong on yeah. criminal reform or criminal justice, not reform, because yeah. not there's like two that are strong on criminal <laughs> reform. Um, but uh, they do these things and they say these things because they know you're going to get a high out of it and you're going to be like, oh, I want to hear more of what this guy is saying. But also, you're going to feel like you need to be... Like, people love having a savior, and it's really awesome when someone's like, hey, there's a crime problem, I'm going to fix it. And it's like, chances are you're not. (laughs) Honestly, like, for most people who say that, like, real meaningful changes aren't actually made, but people don't care. They want simple solutions. Right. And there are no simple solutions to most of the problems that we have. Yeah. Well, for my half an hour show, we're only about 35 minutes over time. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oops. Uh, you're, I mean, it's fine. Like, I, I was having a great time. I don't really care. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. But no, I wanted to say thank you for coming on. I do appreciate it. As always, you know, I love you. And uh, you're a fantastic human being. And you, I mean, you, you were our second editor in chief for like a week. And, and uh, oh, uh, work for this is my plug for y'all. You should definitely work for Muddy Waters of Freedom and anything that Matt and Muhammad do, because then you'll get a better job within a week. And oh that's yeah, hundred percent. One hundred percent of our editors and chiefs have gone on to much better jobs <laughs> where they get paid. And, oh, yes, and have health insurance. It's and have awesome. health insurance and stuff. Our health insurances don't get sick. Kava, Kava's Kava. your health insurance. That is our <laughs> health insurance. And you know what? It works, because look at me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on. I do appreciate it um, to all of my listeners. Do you have anything else you want to plug? Do you have a website, uh, Facebook, anything? Uh, I used to follow me on Twitter, but my Twitter situation, my handle is them. Uh, so I'm just going to send that to you. <laughs> Because whatever. Also, if you're at Zuri Davis on Twitter, I'm going to need you to give that up because I want it and I need it. <laughs> um, but you can also follow my professional page on Facebook. So it's just Zuri Davis. Uh, you'll know it's me when you get there. <laughs> also, there are only so many Zuri Davises out there. So it's right, probably 
Yeah. I was going to say, there's only a few of them out there, so I'm imagining yeah. you'd, you'd be pretty easy to find. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much. You know you are always welcome to come on my show because you're the best. And thank you. I yeah. guess you're okay. Wow, thanks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate this. Yeah. Also, your shirt is confusing me a little bit, and I've been staring at oh, it. Oh, okay, sorry. Hang on. Okay, <laughs> I was about to say, I like. I don't think that's just Texas. Okay, yeah. yeah no. but, so um, for anybody who's just listening to this, my shirt says, everything is bigger in Texas until you're in Alaska. And it's got a picture of Alaska with Texas inside of it. Which, I got this just to annoy a friend of mine. As I say, I feel like it's also interesting that you're wearing a shirt about Texas and we just crapped on, like, Texas. I know. I know. I, know. I, I, I thought about that earlier. I was like, man, this is a great shirt to wear. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. yeah. I just, I grabbed it this morning and then I messaged you. I was like, hey, what do you want to talk about? You're like, uh, death penalty. Great. Perfect. And then I read the thing and I didn't even think about it until I was looking in here and I I'm wearing a shirt making fun of Texas while we're <laughs> crapping on Texas's criminal justice system. Yeah. Uh, I would say sorry to the Texans out there, but sometimes you guys are kind of rude about how much you love your state and it's safe. Right? This offends but so I, many people from Texas, and I'm like, but it's true. Yeah, but for the most part, it's all love. Y'all have good food, so I will give you that. Um and Austin seems cool. I'd like to visit. Austin, I don't Austin's know. great town. Austin's Something, a great town. Um, yeah. That's the only town in Texas I've stopped in. <laughs> I <laughs> thought you were going to say it's the only town you knew. I was going to no, be like, bro. Like. No, no. I, I have driven through Texas multiple times, but I've only stopped in Austin. Yeah. Um, but Austin is a very cool town. A lot of my, a lot of my best friends come from Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Beyonce is from Texas, so thank you for that. Thank you for Beyonce. Sure. <laughs> She's from H-Town. Bo- Bowling for Soup is from Texas. <laughs> we just... <laughs> For- How do you- Forrest Whitaker is from Texas. Okay, so- <laughs> I will give you that. I did not know that. Yeah. Also, he... His character in Black Panther is named Zuri, so... Yes, okay. I, I, when I was watching it, I laughed out loud and nobody got it. <laughs> nobody else thought that was as funny as me. Well, I, I thought it was awesome. Right. And then, spoiler alert, he bad things happened to him. Yes. And I was like, wow, that would happen to <laughs> the person I was rooting for. <laughs> Stupid. Well, but, you know, if he could have seen out of both eyes equally... He probably would have been okay, but he's like... He did. He like did. This. Honestly, there were jokes that um, Wakanda's like health insurance was like so good that it fixed Forrest Whitaker's eye. And like both of his eyes are like completely normal in the movie. It's amazing. <sighs> That's just black excellence right there. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's just black excellence. Wakanda, it's really black yeah, excellence. Our, our fake country has better health insurance than real countries. Right. Like health insurance. I don't the, know. The healthcare in Wakanda, so, spot on. Top, it's because they use, um. Yep. Shoot. Yep. Nope. <laughs> DC fan, before I go to this next part, so. Words have escaped me. Is it vibranium? Yes, I, I think it's vibranium. Okay. I think. 
Don't quote me on that. Caleb is going to be so mad at me that I don't know. I don't care. And if Caleb is watching this, he should know that DC is better than Marvel. Yes, I said it. So that's to you, Caleb. Oh, my God. (laughs) I, I I will concede that DC network television is better yes. is better okay. than Marvel network television. Yes it is. DC is better than Marvel in every single way except for their Hollywood movies. Right. And people think that being inferior in comic books, television, like somehow it's made up for the fact that y'all have really expensive movies that come out every single summer. Like okay, it doesn't really okay. Well, did you see the press release that DC uh, DC put Warner Brothers and DC put out? I did not. <laughs> they said uh, that they took a look at Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Suicide <clears throat> Squad, and Justice League to try to figure out what the issue was, and that they decided that they were going to uh, try to put out good content. And apparently, the secret to making good movies is to make good movies. Amazing. I, I don't know. What it, that's a crazy solution. I never would have come up with that. I know. I, I never would have thought to do that. Yeah. But. <laughs> anyway, like all of like the DC Cartoon Network shows, super lit. All of them. Young Justice. That could have a season three sometime soon. I think it's in the works, but it needs to come out soon. Uh, <laughs> But yes, so, so yep. until Marvel gives me, like, a Young Justice, then they can calm down. Caleb. Uh. <laughs> I can, he, he literally just texted me while, I was, while we were recording. I cannot wait to text him after this to be like, okay. man, Zuri called you out. It's in, uh, I'm not going to tell you which minute it's in, but she called you out hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, <laughs> since we just keep going. So many tangents. I know. I apologize for people who were like, I only have half an hour today. (laughs) This is longer than I need it to be. I'm sorry. And you know, I I apologize to those people too, but at the same time, you get twice, you get two and a half times as much as us. Oh, God. Uh, Tweet all your anger at me and then follow (laughs) me after you tweet your angry messages at me. So, yeah. Yeah, except you didn't give your Twitter handle. I'm gonna, okay. <laughs> it's literally, maybe I should just change it if it's like this complicated, but it's Re L Davis, but I'm gonna be really surprised if you can like spell that. Is that R I L Davis? R I E L E Davis. R I E L E Davis at R I E L E Davis. Now I have to double check to make sure. I- <laughs> Because sometimes I forget how to spell my own name, and it's really sad. And it's a struggle. I spelled it right. Good. And for everybody else, you can follow us at muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters, on Instagram at muddiedwatersfreedom. But not on YouTube. Not on YouTube, not yet. But if you search MW Media, Muddied Waters Media, you can find all of our videos there. And you can catch up. Please hit that subscribe button if you are there. Uh, also, you can follow me on Facebook at The Writer's Block, which that's spelled with my last name, so I hope you know how to spell that. Uh, wow. I, yeah. 
I know. I know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, it's also, if you're uh, watching, it's down here in this corner right here. So you can just search that on the Facebook and you can hit the old, smash the old follow button or like or whatever it is. I don't know. And <laughs> I think you can do both on Facebook. Side note. You, uh, yeah, I think you can. You can follow and like. But so Which is put, stupid. Like, I know. if you don't, yeah, whatever. I know. Whatever. It's Facebook. Yeah. So, <laughs> So anyway, uh, again, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. I am going to play the exit music if you want to hang out for a minute. And uh, yeah, then we can talk after. Cool. Cool. <laughs> again, thank you all so much. Tune in next week. I've got a very, very special guest next week as well. Uh, I am also going to be at Yalcon uh, this week. So come out. Oh, this, this, wow. Yeah, that's, that's this week. That, wow. Well, that's next week. July uh, is almost done. Yes. And it was literally just the 4th of July last I, week. I remember. I, I, I have been gone. I, I have only been here in Florida for like three weeks out of the summer. Oh, wow. I know. It's been insane. It's been crazy. It's been, mm. it's been fun, but yeah, it's been insane. Anyway, uh, thank you all so much. Uh, follow, like, share, do all that stuff. And uh, we will uh, see you all next week.